Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Romans could be as an occupying force. They literally, they did not care. Why do you think Pilate just said, I don't care what you do with Jesus of Nazareth. I wash my hands in him. He's saying, I don't care if you kill him. Oh, if that's what you want to do, go right ahead. There was no sense of law. Not like that. It was the law of the powerful. And so in the political scheme at the time, they used brutality and force to subdue the people. There is no doubt that today you and I are living in unusual times, not just because of a pandemic, but because of the conflicts that are in families, in nations, we see a rise of that in enmity like never before. We are living in unusual times, but unusual times doesn't mean impossible times. I want you to hear this today, not because we are polyamorous in this church, not because we're just incurable optimists, but because this book tells me that there is a God who rules the nations. There is a God who sits astride heaven and earth. The Bible says the earth is His footstool. The Bible says that Jesus is not just Lord. He's not just King. The Bible says He's King of kings and Lord of lords. My Bible says the glory of the Lord Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I'm expecting more of, of the kingdom of heaven, not less of it. We don't go into retreat. Nobody in the church should be sounding the bugle cry of retreat. We ought to be sounding the bugle cry of charge. Amen. It's not impossible times, it's just unusual. And can I say to you that unusual times don't mean impossible times, they mean unusual opportunities. I believe it, I really do. I believe right now I'm positively excited. Ask our staff and team, when we get together, we are going, oh no, oh, this is terrible. We get together and start dreaming of how we can expand and what more we can do and how we can get to be a part of even more of what God is doing. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 37, it says this, and the common people heard Jesus gladly. But you know why they heard Him gladly? Because they had had, pardon me if I be a bit Aussie for a minute, they'd had a gut full of the Pharisees. Can I say that in church without offending too many people? They'd had it up to here, as we say in Australia. They were tired of endless rules and no joy. They were tired of being told all the ways they kept on falling short. They were looking for hope. They were looking for a Saviour. And when Jesus turned up like Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. When Jesus turned up bringing a message of mercy and a message of hope and a message of salvation and a message of life, you better believe the average guy in the street said, about time. Right across the world today, there's a whole thousands and millions of people that are waiting to hear something that's true. I got my coffee this morning on the way here, texted my order in, 
picked it up as I've done every weekend. One of the baristas was reading a book about how to find radical self-acceptance. I asked them about the book. I said, what's the end result of this? They said, you become a perfect human. I looked at it and I said, well, I've been around a long time and I've yet to meet one. I said, that sounds fascinating. We had a bit of a discussion. And you know, I don't look at that and mock them. I look at them and go, there's someone who's hungry. There's somebody who's saying, there's got to be more to life. Are you with me this morning? There's got to be more to life than just this stuff. There's got to be more to life than pandemics. The pandemic has certainly sharpened people's focus on what doesn't work. And for that, I thank God. Not for the pandemic. Not for the people hurt and, 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 and bruised out of it all. But on Tuesday night, I'm online with the Albanian Connect group. And there were people there from Perth and people from Italy and people from Albania and everyone else. And I, every time I get off it, I'm blessed. We shared communion. I did not understand that for many of them, they've been locked down so long, they have not had communion with anybody else for months and months and months. And so the mere simple act of us sharing together for them, the hunger that you feel on Zoom is extraordinary. Seriously. I come away every time going, I wish everybody in our church could be a part of one of those, those meetings. And thank you to everyone, Anna and Nathan and Sebastiana and Rashida and all the other, I won't go into all them, Pam and, uh, Pamela and Timothy, there's just lots of people that are leading things online. And I want you to know you are meeting a hunger that's in the hearts of people. Unusual times don't mean impossible times. They mean unusual opportunities. Matthew 5 verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, the darker it gets, the more your little light will shine. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, have an answer. When people ask you, how come you've got hope? Have an answer. Well, unusual times don't mean impossible times. They mean unusual opportunities. But they also require unusual faith. And I want to chat about this with you for a second. Preach about this. Talk about this. Download this to you. Give it to you. I believe that it's not just a requirement, but it's a divine offering. I believe it's far more, I don't know about you, but in this last year, I have felt the clarity and the generosity of the Holy Spirit more than I think I've ever felt in my life. I've felt God so often out of great mercy and love and grace and generosity just encourage me and say, it's okay, we're going to go there, do this. And it seems to me like in so many ways where I might get blindsided, where I might have my vision obscured, it seems to me like He just prepares us, gets us ready. And when it turns up, we go, oh, now I know why. Unusual times require unusual faith. And I'm saying this so that you can be watching for it. You can be ready for it. You can be listening for it. These people had heard of miracles, but they'd never met anyone like Jesus. They'd think about one of their great heroes, the prophet Elisha. Elisha had made an axe head float on water, but Jesus walked on water. 
everything he did was up another level. Elisha healed one leper. Jesus healed them by the tens. Many at a time. Elisha purified poison water. Jesus got water and turned it into wine. It was like, you know, Jesus was the ultimate one-upmanship, wasn't he? Elisha raised the dead boy to life. Jesus waited until three days had passed. And Lazarus, by this time, Lord, he stinketh. It says in King James. He waits because they had a, a cultural tradition that the spirit of a dead person hung around for three days. And then in that three days, someone could come back to life. But after three days, there was no hope at all. That's why he waited three days. Because he's going to say to them, you know what? You say there's no hope at all. But I'm the light of the world. And I'm the hope of all humanity. And then he stood and said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so Jesus not only raised Lazarus from the dead, he's raised himself from the dead. God provides unusual faith in unusual times. I want you to hear that because otherwise we go, oh God, I've got to have unusual faith. Oh God, that's, oh God, how am I going to do that? Lord, I'm such a worrier. No, listen to me. God is not asking you to turn it on like you have a tap. Faith is not some kind of optimism that I engage with. Faith is a divine revelation of the will of God. Faith is the Holy Spirit pulling back the veil and letting you catch a glimpse of what the future is meant to be. That's what faith is. So God can go to a, an aged man and say, I'm going to bless you. At the age of 75, he's already, heck, he's well past the pension. God turns to him and says, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and all the families of the earth are going to be blessed out of you. And this man sees the veil get pulled back and so begins his journey of unusual faith in unusual times. I'm expecting in this age and this time, Unusual and more miracles, not less. So unusual times aren't impossible ones. They just mean unusual opportunities. God will offer to us, if we're listening, unusual faith. Do you feel that? I do. I really do. Even while I'm preaching it, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is almost ready to go. Would you let me give it to you? Come on, I know you've struggled. I know maybe some of you have tried to figure out every answer, every possible uh, alternative, every combination of what could go right and have come up empty. Why don't you get before God and say, God, I'm a candidate for unusual faith. Are you with me here? I'm not talking about you striding the earth with some great answer. Maybe it's just for you in your home or maybe it's for you in your business. If I was a business person right now, I'm hearing this message and I'm saying, God, I'm in unusual times. I need unusual faith. And God, I can't generate that. I've done everything. I've worked hard. I've been diligent. But Holy Spirit, you could give me a faith that transcends every bit of bad news and every declaration of what's likely to happen in my business life. And you could declare something great. So Lord, I get before you and I come and I want to hear what you've got to say. Here's the last thing of this, is that unusual times require unusual tenacity. 
I was thinking during the week about how many great people of the Bible had pretty rotten starts. It wasn't great for many of them. Abraham and Sarah become parents for the first time. At least Sarah is. When she's 90 and he's 100. What age do kids go to school? About five now? Forget kindy, we go to preschool. About five would it be? Was that about right? Hayden's giving me the thumbs up. Well done. So they go at five. Can you imagine being Abraham at 105, taking Isaac to school? And they look and go, oh, the great-granddad has bought his great-grandchild. And they go, so what's the boy's name? Oh, his, his name's Isaac. And, and what relationship are you to the boy? I'm his dad. And they're all going like, what? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine 90-year-old Sarah taking her son to playgroup? Talk about a weird start. 90 years Sarah's wanted a child and can't have one. And at 90, her dream comes to pass. Imagine we all think about Abraham and Sarah, go, that's amazing. I go, yeah, but what about poor little Isaac? Can you imagine? Can you imagine me and Isaac and, and the kids are going? You know, you know, would they make fun of him? Probably. Like, hello, how old is your dad again? Oh, he's 104. Huh? Think about it. Now. We we forget that all this stuff happened happened in real life. Jacob's wife Rachel also couldn't have children. She sought God on it. And finally, after years and years of humiliation for her and shame for her from her, uh, from her relatives, from her sister actually, and from their servants, but she persisted. And guess who her son turns out to be? Joseph the Deliverer. Rachel's son turns out to be someone that God greatly uses. See, I'm asking you today, it'll be worth unusual tenacity in unusual times. Thank God Rachel never said, oh, well, okay, sarah, sarah, it mustn't be meant to happen. And she just would have given up. There never would have been a Joseph to deliver the children of Israel and, and see them grow into who they were. Moses, think about Moses. Moses is put up for forced adoption. I'm not making this up. He, he was forced into adoption. His mother set him free on the river. And then when, uh, you know, when, the, the princess came down and saw him floating among the reeds. His mother, you know, had sent Miriam there to look for him. And she puts her hand up and says, oh, I know someone who'd make a good nurse. But he still grows up in someone else's house. Not a great start, perhaps forced adoption. Samuel's mother couldn't conceive either. And every year would cry before God. But, you know, she kept on persisting. She had unusual tenacity. And one day God heard her prayer. And the son she has is the person that only he has had this said about him. He becomes the prophet Samuel. The Bible says about Samuel that not one word of his fell to the ground. Was it worth persisting? 
Was it worth unusual tenacity? Of course it was. Think about John the Baptist's parents. Another bunch you can't conceive. Seems to me like the Bible's littered with people who are faced with impossibility. And John the Baptist's parents, they couldn't have kids. They'd given up. And then the angel appears and says, you're going to have a son and this is what you've got to do because he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. It becomes John the Baptist who prepares the way for Jesus, has the privilege of baptising Jesus in the River Jordan. Was it worth persisting? Was it worth unusual tenacity? Think about Jesus born to a young virgin who's not even married. That's not a great start. Do you think everyone didn't know? Oh, they counted back the months. Oh, I'm sure that's the way it was. How would you like to have been Paul who started his ministry career killing Christians? Not a great start. See, I just want to stop for a minute and say thank God to all the people I know and all the people I admire who've got unusual tenacity. The people who just say, you know what? It'd be easy to give up, but it wouldn't be right. Can I just say thank you to you? Uh, many of you, are, you're sitting in front of me or you're a part of this service on YouTube. And it would have been so much easier for you just to say, it's too hard, everyone says. But instead of doing all that, you've said to yourself, God, I'm going to persist. And come on. I don't know about you, but sometimes the whole chunk of me wants to go forget it and there's this little thing inside of you that goes, come on, keep going, come on. And I know when that happens to me, I know it's because the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, son, press on, press through. We need to have our eyes opened and we need to have our hearts ready because these are unusual times. And because they're unusual times, if we will come with unusual faith and then we'll couple that together with unusual tenacity, I've got no doubt that when we come through the trial, whatever it is, and I know some of you right now, particularly if you're in other countries, you're like and going, five-day lockdown, what's the matter with you Aussies? You wusses? It's an Aussie expression means weakling or pathetic or worse. <laughs> I'm not just talking about pandemic stuff today and mask wearing and lockdowns. I'm talking about life. Amen. I'm talking about the fact that the Bible says there's enemies against your soul. And I'm talking about the fact that sometimes it can appear like the entire world is just careering, they're like a bus without brakes and without a bus driver and going down a rocky slope. And yet my Bible says there's a God in heaven. Come on. The Bible says that God's got this. The Bible says that Jesus is Lord. He's not going to be Lord. He's not waiting for some day in the future where he gets handed the scepter of righteousness. He's already got it. He's already been crowned King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's declared it's done, it's finished. Oh, I pray today, and I'm going to pray for you in a minute. I'm praying that all of us in unusual times will have unusual faith. We'll have an unusual mindset. 
and we'll couple that with unusual tenacity. Come on. I want you. Don't give up on anything. Have you been praying for your healing and it hasn't come to pass? Keep praying. Don't go, oh, well, you know, if the Lord wanted to. I hear people talk about the sovereignty of God as though God needs it out. God needs some kind of a, you know, an excuse for not doing something. Come on, don't be like that. Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Seek. He said, you will find. Knock the door, will be open unto you. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that's a part of this service, wherever they are, whatever's going on. And God, in no way do we make light of anyone's trouble or trial. But God, we rather exalt the power and the grace of God. We declare, Lord, that you are well able. We thank you, Jesus, that you are on the throne and that you're working, oh God, so powerfully and so wonderfully. I pray for the hearts and minds of everyone in this service. God, would you help us to have open hearts so that great faith can arise inside of us? God, would you help us so that we'll have unusual tenacity, not just stubbornness or human strength of personality, but that thing that comes from the Holy Spirit, that thing that is inside of us, that's incorruptible, indefilable, unbreakable, and that declares, Lord, that you are Lord of all. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Flow that over our life, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Some of you that are part of this service, you might be in the building today. I meet people that are new every single week. I'm sure today will be no different. And I meet people and I'm aware, as I said earlier, that there is a great spiritual hunger in our earth today. People are tired of rules. They're tired of all of the empty talk, all the stuff that goes nowhere. I love this time we're in. More people are coming to Jesus right now than at any other time on planet Earth. You say, how do you know that? Well, A, because I have lots of friends who are telling me about stuff. And I know here in this church with Yes Text, every week people are going, I want Jesus. And don't think to yourself, well, that's, that's so ordinary. Because my Bible tells me that many believed on Jesus. They never all walked to the front of a church. They became followers of Christ. You can do that. Thank God for Yes Text if you're in Australia. You've just got to text YES to 488 If you do that, then the next day after you do it, any time, day or night, the next day after it, you get on one screen of your smartphone, you get a different Bible verse every day and a different prayer every day fits on one screen. It comes from us. I keep telling people this because I want you to know you're safe. I want you to know that you can trust us with this. We're not going to write and ask you for anything. We want to help you. If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get it via email every day for 30 days, of course you can opt out if you want. Most people don't hardly anyone has. Most people say that was God speaking to me every day. If you want it via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au and we'll send that to you. And we'll be praying for you because we want Jesus to become your very best friend, the person closest to you.
He'll be your guide and your help. He'll strengthen you. And I pray you'll do that. Do it right now if you want. Or just get that number again, 488 Or yes.metrochurch.org.au. And we would love to be a part of your journey with Christ. Amen. Praise God. And I pray you'll do that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, what a great day today turned out to be. Thank God for all of you. Thank God for everyone who's a part of online. Looking forward to tonight. Communion will be making that available in the building. So if you're here, I believe it'll be a message that'll help people. You might go, but I've been a Christian a long time. My life's so have I. And I've got to be honest, I haven't nailed it yet. I haven't discovered the condemnation-free existence. The enemy still tries that from time to time. And maybe you haven't. Maybe you're past that. That's awesome. But for those, the rest of us, I believe it'll help lots of people. I'd love you to be a part of it. If you're in the building, cafe is open here today, like cafes are everywhere. And uh, can I just say a massive thank you to everyone who's been a part of cooperating. We know this is unusual for us here in WA. Thank you for, you know, just making it easy for us to lead well and to uh, do things well in Jesus' name. Amen. Team, I want you to come and you're going to lead us. What are we going to sing, Dr. Rudy? You know, I love that bit where you were singing today, hurt doesn't live here, and pain doesn't live here, shame doesn't live here. And I know that's not in the lyrics, so I'm kind of imagining the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped that on you, did he? Someone needed to know. Thank you, Ruby. Come on. If you're in the building, stand. We're going to sing our song. Cafe will be open. If you're online, Pastor Bruce is getting ready for ministry time. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you.
for ministry time and cafes open if you'd like to stay if you've got to go god bless you we look forward to seeing you somewhere soon amen